Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. We're glad that you're here with us. Great conversation with Will Scharf. He was in studio for two segments. I almost asked him to stay for a third to talk about Fonnie Willis. You know what we should do? Take a little break and be like, Will, Will Scharf's coming back in the two o'clock hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to give him time to catch his breath. I love speaking with him and his insight into the legal concerns that Donald Trump has. We talked about Joe Biden, James Biden, Hunter Biden as well. So if you missed it, check it out on the Annie Fry Show podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. It will be there for you to listen to. Uh, The YouTube live chat poll for today is when was dating harder in the 1900s or the 2000s? I want to talk about this and I want to get into this story, but I want to get to something else before we dive deep into the dating conversation, because this is something that I've been watching and I've had it sent to me by a bazillion people and it deserves to have your attention be brought to it. And it's a bill that is coming out of the Illinois House, HB 4876. And it's very important that we put this out there. And then we had a pack show today. I'm going to hope to get a guest on. What do we have tomorrow? Tyrus and Hans? Tyrus and Hans, and I got a request out for a Fox guest. For Okay. Well, I might want to schedule in maybe Blaine Willauer or something. 
because I've kind of been waiting for this to materialize before I go all in on it because sometimes I know where my emotions will take me if the information hasn't materialized enough. And I want to make sure I've got my facts in order. But I'm going to read this. Illinois HB 4876. This is I'm reading this. This is a legislation. This I'm not I'm not uh, opinionating on this at all yet. Bill title amends the abused and neglected child reporting act. Provides that abused child means a child whose parent or immediate family member or any person responsible responsible for the child's welfare or any individual residing in the same home as the child or a paramour of the child's parent denies the child access to necessary medical care, including but not limited to primary care services, abortion services, or gender-affirming services. Amends the Consent by Minors to Healthcare Services Act specifies that consent to the performance of abortion services and gender-affirming services executed by a minor is not voidable because of such minority. Provides that a healthcare professional rendering abortion Services and gender-affirming services shall not incur civil or criminal liability for failure to obtain valid consent or professional discipline for failure to obtain valid consent if the healthcare professional relied in good faith on representations made by the minor. Illinois House Bill 4876. This is evil. It has infiltrated the legislature in the state of Illinois. They are now telling parents that you will be guilty of abuse and neglect if you do anything to hinder your child's demand for abortion or gender-affirming care. To the state of Illinois, get your effing hands out of my family's business. Away from my children. Mind your own business and your own affairs. Because this is child abuse. This is neglect. And the direction that the state of Illinois is taking abortion, the pro Abortion stance, the pro-death stance from the state of Illinois, where they want to be the abortion destination for the Midwest, if not for the country. And now they are stretching that into the idea of gender affirming care, that if I, as the parent, the person who gave my child life, want to say you will not mutilate your body to become something that in your mind you think that you want to be. I, as your caregiver, I, as the person who gave you life, who understand that at 12 years old, you think you're going to be a professional baseball player or the next Taylor Swift. I understand your intention. I understand your passion. But I also am going to make sure that you have a plan B. I'm not going to let you go through a plan A that's going to ruin your physical being and the state of Illinois is going to protect you from me? Illinois House Bill 4876. Get 
on the phone today and call your representative and hold their feet to the fire. And I'm telling you right now, in Illinois, in Edwardsville, they are looking to put in unisex bathrooms in the high school in Edwardsville. That is Katie Stewart's district. Katie Stewart is a lead on this idea of tampons and boys' bathrooms. She's very, very, very interested, for whatever godforsaken reason, on where children use restrooms and how people use their restrooms. They are looking to, in Katie Stewart's district, to put in unisex bathrooms in the high school. Did you know that? You got a problem with that? You better let her know. If you've got a problem with that and you're in her district and you don't let her know, then it's on you. It's time to get up. It's time to speak up. And it's time to make these people who are representing us understand when they have gone way too far with your emails, with your communications, with your contacts. You have to spread the word on this. The idea that gender-affirming care is a right of a minor child and that the person of authority in that situation is the state, not the parents? Fighting words, in my opinion. Ryan, you're in the state of Illinois and you've got children. How does this make you feel as a parent? Honestly, it just makes me sad. Uh, I mean, they're coming after you, kids. You can say they're not all day, but the minute you give leftist far leftist power this is the kind of stuff they're doing uh they are intending to enshrine what 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 kind of sickness in your head and heart do you have to have to think you know what i want to do with this power that i have now is i want to make sure that that kids can have sexual reassignment surgeries that's my priority i want to make sure that that can happen and i want to make sure that the parents can't get in the way and even if they don't I want to start introducing them to those ideas as much and as early and as often as I can. It's, it's real sick. It's really sick. And the people who have these positions of power have got to at some point, and it may be years down the road, they're going to look in the mirror and God willing, they're going to realize that they have really screwed up. I don't know when that happens. Not a but I pray that it happens real soon because it is super screwed up and they use language like gender affirming care, which literally means the exact opposite of the words that they're using. It is changing the gender. It is sexual reassignment surgery. That is the opposite of gender affirming. That is gender changing. As a parent, <clears throat> I... I can't believe I could look at my kid and say, the government is coming between you and I. Now, that, that won't happen between me and my kids, but the government is intending for it to happen. I, I, don't, underst- I don't understand what they're doing, but my question to you, if you're a parent out there, and if you're a parent in Illinois, how much farther are you going to let this government go? You have an opportunity every two years to change it up, and yet you keep electing the same people who now are going to get in between you and your kid, and they're going to tell you, you don't know what to do as a parent. We know. This is the ultimate arrogance, and like Annie said, this is evil. There's no other explanation for this. There's no other explanation for this. I work with kids on a daily basis. I'm a youth pastor, as many of you know, and one of the things that is like 
firmly ingrained in my being as who I am, my job is not to replace the parent. My job is to assist the parent. And I always, always, always look at somebody who thinks their job is to get in between parents and their children and wonder, who are you? A predator. Exactly. I don't like when teachers do it. I don't like when friends do it. I don't really, really don't like it whenever a parent does it. So when are we going to stand up and say, hey, enough is enough. You all are out of a job. Go find something else to do. Democrat, Republican, whatever. I don't care what your political party is. This is not the role of the government. Stand up and do something. It's it's really absolutely disgusting. And I'm going to read it for you one more time because we really need to understand what the state of Illinois is doing. And I have said this. We are the Petri dish for obsessive, aggressive leftist woke policies in the state of Illinois because nobody pays attention. When Illinois does it, I do, you do. And to a comment here from a a listener, Scooter, of course, the last time this came up, the three Illinois residents wouldn't move out of Illinois. Give me a freaking break, Scooter. You bitch and moan about everything going on in the Republican-led state of Missouri, and you're still there. I'm going to fight. I'm going to bring a spotlight to this. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to give you opportunities to contact the people who are representing those areas in our listenership where you can go and be a part of a solution and fight back. The idea that you cut and run, that's what losers do, Scooter. And I'm not interested in doing that myself. I'm interested in shining a spotlight and pushing back and telling people to get back in the realm of reality. And I know that's a hard concept for some people who only give a crap about politics, that the only thing that you invest your time in is winning a political battle. I get that. I understand that 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 way of thinking Uh, I understand that it's prevalent, especially with keyboard warriors and reply guys that exist all over the Internet. But that's not what we're doing here. This is actually meaningful conversation. This is actually being put out there for people in the state of Illinois who aren't paying attention to the ins and outs of a Democrat supermajority of people in the House and the Democrat supermajority of people in the Senate. And J.B. Pritzker, who thinks that the border is a problem because of Governor Abbott. These are the people who we're dealing with right now in the state of Missouri. And, yeah, Illinois has voted or excuse me, in the state of Illinois. And and the people of Illinois have voted to put those people in charge. They need to understand that their, their votes do have consequences. And they sound a lot like Illinois House Bill 4876 amends the Abused and Neglected Child Reporting Act, provides the abused child means a child whose parent or immediate family member or any person responsible for the child's welfare or any individual residing in the same home as the child or a paramour of the child's parent denies the child access to necessary medical care, including but not limited to primary care services, abortion services, or gender-affirming services. Amends the Consent by Minors to Health Care Services Act, specifies the consent to the performance of abortion services and gender-affirming services is executed by a minor is not voidable because of such minority provides that a healthcare professional rendering abortion services and gender affirming services shall not incur civil or criminal liability for failure to obtain valid consent or professional discipline for failure to obtain valid consent if the healthcare professional relied in good faith on representatives made by the minor this is what a democrat supermajority looks like and yeah i might be in the minority in illinois yeah i might have a big problem with what the general assembly barfs all over the state of illinois every time they pass 
pass legislation and J.B. Pritzker from his high mansion in the city of Chicago, not in where the people have put the governor's mansion, in the city of Springfield, lords himself over everybody because why the Chicago way? Because the Chicago way has gotten us to where we are. It's not what's reflective of Southern Illinois. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm out. Peace out. I don't care about my home. I'm going to say I'm in a fight. And I will turn the lights off when I leave if I'm the last one to go. Proving that I want to continue my residence in my home where my children are raised 10 minutes from their grandparents. Because, yeah, family is more important than anything. Having my children be raised by family is so important to me that I'm willing to withstand the bullcrap that they shovel out of Springfield with every piece of legislation that they write and Governor J.B. Pritzker has to sign in Chicago. Yeah, I'm willing to stay there and fight against it. And I'm not going to cut and run like a loser because, oh, this is not what's good for my family. I will fight. And when I've decided that Illinois has crossed the line and I can't fight anymore and I need to move my family out of the state, Scooter and everybody else out there who wants to criticize me for uh, bringing a spotlight to these things and staying in Illinois, I'll let you know. You'll be the first to know because I'll be talking about it right here. When I leave, you'll know there's no fight left in me or there's no fight left in the state of Illinois. Are we there yet? We are not. I will fight back. And I hope that anybody who's listening to me right now, anybody who is agreeing with anything that I'm saying right now about Illinois House Bill 4876 will get on the phone and call their legislator in this break that we're about to take right now and make sure that they understand how pissed off you are that the state of Illinois wants to wedge itself in between you and how you raise your children. If you don't have children, if your children are grown, imagine what happens when your grandkids are part of the equation or your neighbor's kids are part of the equation. Your voice matters. My voice matters. Our voice matters collectively, but you have to choose to be a part of the solution. I don't have anything left to say. Or breath. Just so you know, we're giving away James Taylor tickets all day today. We'll be doing another <laughs> ticket giveaway. Day. Just on the show, Just right? on the show. I mean, all day on the show. Congratulations to Wentzville. Keith? Keith? Wentzville Keith. Wentzville Keith. <laughs> Wentzville Keith doesn't have to deal with his Out there in God's sausage. country. Yeah, that's what everybody says over there. You know, it's funny when I've heard people in Illinois talk about it being God's country out there and be corrected by people in St. Charles. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is God's it's, country. I'm like, <laughs> I've heard that too. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that it was God's country TM, but here we are. Just All saying, right. I'm not telling you to call now, okay? Hold your horses. We're just going to give away another pair of tickets in this hour. I'm just warning you. Wendy on YouTube says, Annie, I wish your reading and explanation of this was a small video we could share on social media. Well, well, well. Have I got news yeah. for you? <laughs> Leah? Make sure you're followed, following the Annie Fry show, uh, the Annie Fry YouTube page, and there will be something up there shortly. Let's talk about dating in the 1900s when we come back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Play the music. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's hard to interrupt Dolly when Dolly is dollying. Partening. Mm-hmm. Can you sing the song? I've never heard this one. What? He's full Lies. Don't lie it. Don't get suckered into that. Is this new? Yeah, it's new. Huh. It's written by Taylor Swift. So she's covering a Taylor Swift song? Or yeah. Did she write this specifically for Dolly? Uh, Taylor Swift wrote it, and I think Dolly stole it from her. Oh, ouch. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift does not know anything about working nine to five. <laughs> Are you saying she works shorter hours or longer hours? Longer. She doesn't work. She doesn't work at all. <laughs> Are you work. kidding me? She doesn't work a nine-to-five job. Well, no. if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Right, Annie? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Brad? YouTube live chat poll. <laughs> While we have some folks uh, gathered there on the Annie Fry YouTube channel, come over and, and hang out with us there and leave a vote in today's poll. When was dating harder? In the 1900s or the 2000s? When I came across... When I was thinking about like how to delineate this poll, it's really in, in my mind, it's really pre-digital, post-digital, but it's hard to put a number on that. Like when was it harder to date before 1996 or after? <laughs> <laughs> but so so you had said in your Wiggins America, you had a story and it was kind of along these lines. And I was thinking about that because it, there's a lot of stuff that we discuss on a daily basis, generationally so, that is very much so affected by the digital space. Yeah, the story was Gen Z is rejecting dating apps to meet romantic partners organically, which is cool because that's, uh, as the digital world has kind of become more and more part of our regular existence, I think that the stats are that the vast majority of people meet their significant others now digitally, rather than originally. So I got to ask you, though, with this poll question, I need some clarification. Do you mean the 1900s the entire century and the 2000s this century? Yes, I mean okay. I mean 1901 as well as 2999. <laughs> just, making sure, just making sure. No, no, it wouldn't be 2099. 2099.? That's a millennium. The 2000s would include 2999. Yeah, if we're talking about full millennia, that would be the case. I'm just I just said century. So 1900s and 2000s would be up to 2099. If, 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 if you were if if you were asking the question, yes. To make this complicated, because I just explained because exactly I what I meant by digital age versus non-digital age. Okay. Then we can just go for 1900, 1901, and we can also go to 2999, if okay. you want to make it that complicated. I do. 
but Great, to answer, that's, that's very helpful for the, the discussion well, that we're yeah. having on this poll. So when, when I answered this question, I would say then no doubt it would be the 2000s because in the 1900s pre-digital, you, you may have had different social rules, but I also don't think that those were bad social rules. Like, for instance, what? Um, like the approach that a man women's, makes to a woman. Women's suffrage. <laughs> if we're using the century, <laughs> then that'd be a great place to you pick up what? ladies. Women really knew their place. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that amendment. Yeah. And I just wanted to get that out there. I really, I honestly could see where you'd be coming from <laughs> in the current situation. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the broad consequence. There was, the yes. 19th Amendment. Exactly. Broad consequences. Broad. That's the way you'd put that. Broad consequences. <laughs> And so I, I think that there's a lot to be said specifically to dating that when a, you know, the, the song and dance, the cat and mouse thing, that goes away a little bit online. I think that there's there's so much fake, you know, you can put out a facade that's not really you. And it, it, it has to be a lot harder to go now. through that now than to just walk up to somebody and either get absolutely denied which I understand fairly well, or <laughs> Ryan. or get the yes, Just saying, and you know, put it all on the line in person, and then there's there's real chemistry more in person. It's not that you can't eventually meet after you've met digitally, but I think there's a lot more to be said in person meeting that it is so much easier to do than digitally. Well, and I think that the idea that everything digital all predates. The eventual you have to meet in person. Mm -hmm. So it's not about if you meet in person. It's what do you think that you know upon that first in-person interaction. If you're in a digital age, then you can kind of pare, pare some stuff down if you trust the system. And I think that there are trustworthy systems out there to help help that. But there's also n nefarious people participating in the digital age. But I've been in bars before I was married. There are, I know this will come as a shock to you, some people with bad intentions in the bar <laughs> yeah. who are looking to make a connection. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that doesn't exist on either side. Brad, what do you think? I, I keep going back and forth on this. I mean, I see the uh, the dangers, and I, I really don't want to date anymore. <laughs> I don't want to date anyone. I, I just want my marriage to work out and to you know, stay married. It's it's working out. Yes, <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, so Brad saw <laughs> the question Terry. of the day, said, when was dating harder? And he goes... Oh dear Lord! I hope my marriage works out. <laughs> yeah. That was your first thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, dating is not lovely. an option. Dating for me was never easy, and I mean, I dated in the in the 1900s, and I've dated in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. Sounds so old. I dated back in the 1900s yeah. too. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like to Ryan's point, I I don't know if it's easier whenever you meet somebody first. First, A, you have to be able to go to a place where you're going to meet people. You have to find where people are congregating and meet. That's a good point. You technically don't have to go be around people ever to date online. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. I know people, I kid you not, and I don't know them well enough to know their names, which is great because they're like friends of friends, but they, they, they met through World of Warcraft. And then they got married, and basically their lives revolved around World of Warcraft. That story is... Eight years old, and I have no idea if those two people are still married, <laughs> and I highly doubt it. But that is one of the weirdest relationships. It was so digital. Is it possible they're listening right now? No, they don't live around here. Okay. 
Odyssey app. You can take it anywhere. Whoops. But yeah, so there, like you, you only get you got to go to a place where you're going to meet people. I'm not a drinker, so guess where I wasn't hanging out? It's is the bars, the water I, fountain. I don't go to the bars. Yeah, he wasn't even Never close did. to a water fountain. <laughs> so there was a unique, uh, there was a unique challenge there for me. Where do I meet somebody? And if it wasn't at college or if it wasn't at school, I'm running out of options. Now I ended up meeting my wife at church, which, hey, Good I highly recommend. Yeah. Highly recommend. Um, but then. You know, then you look at the 2000s and or in the digital age, everything about you is online. You have a huge digital footprint and the times have changed so quickly from 2001 to 2023, 2024. There might be stuff online about you that you have evolved as a person, but that's still on there because, A, you had a Facebook or whatever. People research you now. I mean... Annie, if you if you were dating and some guy wanted to meet you, do you or do you not Google their name? Um, I don't think that existed when I was dating. But I mean, like now, would you or would would you not? If I were dating now, oh my gosh! Yeah, exactly. Mm, yes. So there's there's <laughs> Google. Be, there's Google is for amateurs. Yeah. My name is Jim Smith. Yeah. Now, now the <laughs> other side of this is is you only get one chance to make a first impression on somebody. And whenever you're meeting somebody in person, there are a lot more elements that are outside of your control than there are whenever you meet somebody for the first time online. And you can actually get somebody to meet the person online, I think, easier than you could in person because the first impression you make in person is is a physical one. People look at you and they see you. They'll see you coming. Um, I don't know how much of a role that plays to, to girls, but it, I, as a guy, it was important to me. I, You know, so... I don't know. I think dating's just hard. Well, and that I'm... that is very important to establish that you know, Leah, I I would assume what year can we ask do you mind saying what year you're born? 97. 97. Any dating in the 90s? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I didn't That's think fair. so. <laughs> um, so you so you probably only heard the tales of what it was like to date before apps and all of that stuff. Does it sound in your mind, Leah, like dating would have been easier back then, or do you feel like technology has made it easier now? I think it would have been easier back then. I, I don't know. Just because I have, when I, when I was younger, I did make the rounds on a lot of the dating apps, and they were bad, you know, back then, and they've gotten even worse. Like the people on there, you know, I'm sure there's some lovely guys out there, but. The majority of the guys on those dating apps are trash, and <laughs> I've if they're ta- real, right? Ta- yeah, I've talked to some of them, and they a majority of them have bad intentions, and um, I don't think that was the case when dating apps first came out. I think everybody was real, and it was like a real thing. Does it matter? I don't, I don't know how much experience you have with this, or how much experience you maybe have with your because I can think of people in my life. I think that they were on eHarmony. What's the other one that's kind of more mainstream and not like a Tinder? Match. Match.com. Um, yeah, I know people who have met on that, and they're very happily married, and they are very well suited. My like, parents met on eHarmony. Yeah, it's 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 you can t- like as a Christian, and I see the people in my life who met there, who are Christians that that was part of their profile. They were able to find people who matched them, and I think that's a good thing. But going back to what Brad was saying, you said you met your wife at church, that. Before all of the digital stuff came into play, you were in places where your interests were 
a priority. So you were at a Cardinals baseball game. You were at a a family event, and I actually met my wife going to indie concerts reunion. that absolutely sucked. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but we were both doing it. So, um, but you might be at at a a like a family party where people are bringing in friends and family and you might meet someone who has common interest with your family you might be at church and if you're meeting people at church then you obviously have one of the things that is of the utmost importance to you hopefully the most important to you in common from the jump and those commonalities like really when it gets down to it and you're dating the most important thing is that you care about the same things as the most important things for for my fam like when I was dating faith number one Family, number two, wanting to make sure that the person who I eventually was with had that same goal of wanting to get married and and, and respected the idea of what marriage meant and starting a family and, and truly wanting to kind of stay around this area because I didn't want to pick up and leave and relocate and move a bunch of places. Um, those were all important things to me. And I was put in places where there were similar people to me that I could meet. If you're on the internet, you can like check all the boxes that say that, you know, I'm a Christian and I would only want to date Christians. I assume that that's on there. I'm a, a this I'm a Catholic. Maybe I only want to date Catholics or whatever it is. So you can pair all those people down, but there's also people who can check those things to meet what yeah, if there's a different end you. that they're trying to get to that 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 would be affected. Yeah, it's interesting. I I you know, thinking back to the criteria that I would have had. It's it's like you I it's so much easier to list criteria when they're giving you the boxes mm-hmm. online. But I, I still had some. I don't know that I would have written them down, but uh, Christ first would have been the, the number one uh, because I just don't know how anybody and I could not, you know, we, we have to have the foundational beliefs be the same uh, to get through the tough stuff. I'm sure you can make a marriage work without both of you having that same foundation. I'm sure it's possible, but it's, tough. I would think it would be very, very, hard. very tough. And so that was a priority for us, uh, for me anyway. And then second, I just wanted to have somebody I wanted to be around. And that was pretty much it. It was those two things. I, I really like her. I want to be around her. And we have shared Christian values. And then after that, it was prayer. Like, is this what God wants us to do? You know? And so that, that was pretty much it. I didn't go through all the box checking. I kind of like that because the, you don't have to use their criteria. You can come up with your own. I really think that one of the things that we said, or maybe Ryan, you said earlier, it might have been in Wiggins America where this conversation started, is that the idea of intimacy, which is not always sexual, it's it's actually more than that, that the idea of the existence of intimacy is something that has been stripped away from every relationship that we have. And we're going to take a quick break. When I'm going to come back, when we come back, I'm going to tell you a story about how that has happened. This is weird, but follow me on this. The St. Louis Cardinals have made a comment, one of the St. Louis Cardinals have made a comment about how this same kind of situation had affected them. I'm going to bring that to the conversation when we come back, and I want to make sure we get your feedback on the Annie Fry YouTube channel. When was dating harder, the 1900s or the 2000s? Go let us know why you voted the way you did in the comments. Leave your vote in the live chat poll. 
And we'll be back with the results when we come back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is an National contest. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. We've been discussing the YouTube live chat poll for today. When was dating harder, the 1900s or the 2000s? A couple comments here from listeners. Russell said, I voted 1900s. I was dating, I was dating my future wife during the late 80s and early 1990s. Hardest thing about dating her was her dad. He was so, so nice. And then there's a cussing emoji. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, he was being sarcastic. I'd like to know more, Russell. Uh, Joe said dating is harder in the 2000s, but it was smellier in the 1900s. <laughs> I think he was going back to the early 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the late 1900s, depending on where you were. RSG said, I'll say the 2000s because my wife thinks it's a bad idea. Okay, I get it. Uh, Quick Rick said, I've only ever dated in the 60s and the 70s. It was a little more challenging to me, I think. I had to actually introduce myself in person. There were no fake personas. What you saw was what you got. I think there's a lot to that. Uh, George said, I would say the 1900s. I looked much better then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess he's saying it'd be easier then. Sheepdog said, I was dating in the 70s, got married in the 80s. My wife won't let me date anymore, so I can't speak to the 2000s. And um, Gus says, harder in the 1900s. If you were just looking for a hookup, way easier in the 2000s. That doesn't mean it's a good thing. Um, the meaningfulness, which again is what we're talking about with like intimacy, the idea of actual real connection that is beyond just a physical connection that's with the digital age, some of that can be lost. Now, if you start a conversation with somebody who you pair up with real well and you actually have meaningful conversation before you actually physically decide to go get a cup of coffee together. So it's not that that could flip that theory on its head. Who knows? Um, I read this from clutchpoints.com which is a a blog, I assume, about the Cardinals. I've never heard of them before, but it was an interesting article. There's been a lot of conversation about uh, the clubhouse last year. The St. Louis Cardinals obviously had a pretty awful year last year, Mm -hmm. and one of the signings that they made in the offseason, which kind of had everybody go, was Matt Carpenter back on the roster. Now, Matt Carpenter has had some great success after he left the St. Louis Cardinals, Who knows what this season will bring, but one of the things that parts of that element of bringing Matt Carpenter back was that they wanted to have more veterans in the clubhouse. They wanted to have people who had been there before, people who could lead. Well, according to ClutchPoints.com, and I want to credit Jay Postrato, who is the author of this, uh... Nolan Arenado has taken a big role for the St. Louis Cardinals at spring training. He has become one of the leaders of the squad, along with Paul Goldschmidt, even after John Mozalek got Matt Carpenter as a veteran back in January. However, it was his comments about the younger players that caught the attention of most individuals. Even Miles Michaelis took notice and added to the flame via foul territory, uh, which is A.J. Pruszynski's mm-hmm. blo- uh, video podcast, which is very good. I enjoy it. On X, this is what Miles Michaelis said, quote, It's tougher to connect to younger generations. You want to play ping pong against these guys. And some of the younger guys sit around their phones a lot. And it's a lot of social media. I'd rather sit there and play some card games. Younger players can be tough to approach as well. You don't see things the same way or at the same level. When I read that, I thought, 
How interesting that these articles that we read and talk about, like boomers and Gen Z in the same place at the same time, how will it ever work out? Of course, they're not boomers in the Cardinals clubhouse, but, you know, maybe Adam Wainwright last year might have been the, you know, you have dog years, you have baseball players, you're the equivalent to a boomer in the clubhouse to somebody who is, you know, fresh out of the minor leagues or whatever, that those generational differences that exist right now, specifically with a post digital generation and people who understood still what it was like to be raised in a world that wasn't controlled. I literally remember when they started putting websites on commercials and thinking it was weird and they would have HTTP colon slash slash www dot nine seven one FM talk.com instead of just nine seven one FM talk.com. I remember seeing businesses starting to put we're on Facebook. Yeah. Like, Oh neat. Yeah. And Facebook was <laughs> created when my bank. I was a sophomore in college So the idea that the St. Louis Cardinals, Brad, I thought you might want to comment on this, have had trouble connecting in the clubhouse because they're just from different uh, eras. There's this delineation of digital where younger people don't have any understanding of life without it. You can't really fault them for it. (laughs) No. Man, that when Miles Michaelis said, you just want to play ping pong with these guys, the first thing in my head was like, yeah, I'll play ping pong. Yeah. (laughs) But, Brad's takeaway is, I'll play ping pong with you, Mr. Michaelis. But <laughs> I actually thought the same thing, yeah. Brad. But, but that's just it. Yeah. Ryan and I are from that same kind of era, that pre-digital era, where there were these other things that you do. And it, it really just has, I don't know, it, it seems to be having a bigger effect than we actually realize. Because this is, I mean, we're talking about sports, but sports is kind of a microcosm of, of society at large. Or relationships in general. Yeah. Because those are relationships in a clubhouse where you are spending a lot of time, a long season, 162 games with the same people. And you got to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not just the Cardinals. This that, is probably yeah, happening in all. every sport. I, I mean, you know, the Cardinals have talked about the Cardinal way for a long time. This would be a challenge to that, though. And to a manager in the clubhouse and yeah. to an ownership to say, we need to put all the right pieces together. And if you can hit a, a 100 mile an hour fastball, then we need you. And this guy who's 37 needs to be able to hit that fastball with this guy who's 20 or 19. Or like Mason yeah. Wynn and Jordan Walker, they're like 20 years yeah. old or something like yeah, that. Yeah, super young. It's very interesting because, like, you all, you also see this in other sports, too. You see Miles Michaelis trying to connect with members of his team because this is what he's always done. This is what he wants to do. He wants to connect on a personal level. But you almost wonder, you know, he said the other the other players are more interested in social media and stuff like that. When you talk to somebody that's younger about their social media, those are their people. That is their people. Yeah. That is their squad. That is who they are connected with. And it's not with. an in-person right. relationship. And that comes to kind of I don't want to say conflict but like you can't connect with somebody that's not interested in connecting. Yeah. Well, the YouTube live chat poll is kind of centered around this in a in a wrap around kind of a way. When was dating harder in the 1900s or the 2000s? Brian, your answer? 2000s. Leah, your answer? 2000s. Brad? I'm going to say the the 1900s. I'm going to say 2000s as well. We have 75% of you said 2000s. Nice. And I, and I would imagine that of those people who voted today, most of them were also dating in the 1990s. 
So it's kind of interesting and important, I think, to understand that the digital influence has made things more different from a generation, difficult for a generation. It's important to remember that when you're taking into consideration building relationships with them. Stick around, the Mark Reardon Show on 97.1 FM Talk, St. Louis's home for conservative talk. Next, get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 